0: Money FM eighty nine point three Best of Weekends.
1: Louis Ng, member of Parliament for the Nisun GRC, uh, chairman of the Nisun uh, Town Council, also founder of Animal Concern Research and Education Society, also known as Acres. Louis, welcome to Money FM Weekend Mornings. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's great to have you with us. And uh, I know you and Neil have talked to each other over many months and years, and you are a staunch advocate of animal rights. And But there's another topic that has come up more recently, and that is your desire to want to have a look at how our wet markets are being run in light of the COVID-19 and what we know about that. Tell, tell us what's been happening in Parliament with this effort.
2: Uh, So I raised this issue in Parliament, really asking for us to review whether we still want to sell and uh, slaughter these wild animals in our wet markets. And like you say, it's it's really a review because of what has happened in this whole COVID-19 pandemic. And we are taking a risk here. And the risk is very similar, again, to what might have got us into this whole COVID pandemic in the first place. But not many people know, but we actually sell wild-caught uh, wild animals in our wet markets here in Singapore. And these are the soft shell turtles who are caught from the wild in Indonesia and then transported all the way to Singapore for... Uh, sale and slaughter in our wet markets. And that's uh, the big risk that these are wild caught. So you don't really know what kind of disease they might carry. Uh, we know their immunity is weakened because of the stress from capture uh, to transport to starving them here in Singapore. And ultimately, from a human health standpoint, I'm asking whether we want to take this risk now.
1: Uh, very interesting. And, uh, I mean, say the words wet market, and it's a very emotive issue these days. Of course, many Singaporeans rely on them. And, uh, you know, to, to even bring up this topic is it's taking a bit of a risk, isn't it?
2: I, I don't think so. And that's, again, in, in the spirit of protecting anim, uh, human health. I think it's important that we review this. I uh, Remember, again, that what uh, SMS Amy Call said in Parliament was that it is a small risk, but small risk doesn't mean no risk. Mm. And if you, again, look at this whole pandemic, it might have come from the wet market. It might have come from eating one of these wild animals at the wet market. Right. But again, my, my point here is that it is a risk and this is not a staple food. It's something we can do without. So why do we want to take this risk?
0: Well, Lewis, you know, I'm with you 100 percent and I've supported you for many, many years. But yep. you, you've, as, as Glenn alluded to, you only have to say the words wet market in, in the Singapore context. And, and there's an instinctive cultural pushback as if somehow you're, you're offending a, you know, an entire culture. What is, what is, your, what is the response you're, you're getting in Parliament itself amongst other MPs and the Cabinet and so on to this issue?
2: Uh, the response has been positive. I mean, as we've uh, debated it in Parliament that we have actually stopped issuing new licenses for uh, stalls that want to sell these live turtles. Uh, we are going to review the current sale and slaughter. of. We have about, I think, four stalls uh, that are selling these animals. So it's it's, a, it's not like a, a, a rampant problem where everyone is selling it in the wet market. But it's really limited to a few stalls. It's not a staple food. Uh, there is the risk involved. And if you add everything together, I think this is the time to
0: to put an end to it. Well, I mean, just to add on to that, I think what you've been doing anyway leading up to this is wonderful. I mean, you're in my opinion, you may disagree, your great achievement was uh, the, the amendments you had made to the Wild Animals and Birds Act, which is now known as the Wildlife Act, which, of course, uh, prevents the feeding and release of wildlife. That was made illegal uh, island-wide. You're making conscious efforts to improve the health Of the ecosystems around Singapore do you see that there is a more of a positive change towards acceptance and respect and understanding of our ecosystems wildlife biodiversity in Singapore
2: Uh, absolutely from the time I started acres um, decades ago now to where we are now I mean the awareness level has increased significantly and I think beyond that, the the real importance is that people are now wanting to take action. So not just keyboard warriors or putting comments and out there and complaining, but people that really want to step forward to take action to make a difference. And I think that's what's going to make a difference in Singapore now. Everybody coming together to take action.
1: Speaking with Lewis Ng, Member of Parliament for Nisun GRC. And Lewis, is this also a generational shift as well? For example, the... the turtles being sold in, in wet markets, the live turtles for food. Um, are, are we seeing a generational change in that the younger generation, frankly, just isn't as interested in some of these wild animals to as a food source anymore?
2: Uh, definitely. Isn't, they are not as interested also because they've become more aware. I mm. mean, social media has, has really opened up um, the whole world to what, what's going on behind the scenes in terms of animal cruelty. Uh, so, you know, we used to talk about shark twins. People now know about the cruelty. Uh, the conservation angle, and most are not taking it. We talk about bear bile, rhinoceros, horn. all those, I believe, are a thing of the past in Singapore already. And really, it's because of the awareness that has come about.
0: Yeah, I mean, I always say that when I first came to Singapore, I tell the shocking stories that when I first went to Bukit Timah Nature Reserve, there were children f- feeding long-tailed macaques, you know, Pringles and and, and potato chips, and that's all gone. I mean, for the most part, that's gone now. We've seen the macaques return back to the treetops where they belong, for the most part, feeding themselves. Yourself, Acres, other wonderful groups in Singapore have contributed towards that. What other wildlife, animals, marine life do you think we should also be focusing on moving forward? So
2: I'm going to have to say the wet market for the next push now. I think, you know, always one campaign at a time, the next push now really is the wet market. And of course, it's enforcing the New Wildlife Act. That's something that we've focused on for a long time of how we can coexist with the the wildlife in Singapore. And now that we've uh, criminalised the feeding, the release of animals throughout Singapore, uh, now it's to really create, again, the awareness about this new law, why we have passed the new law, and now to enforce it as well.
0: Yeah, and this is the the more... Awkward question for you, Lewis. Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but just this week I was at Pongal. I was cycling at Pongal and I saw a number of long-tailed macaques in an area that they've never been there before in the last 10 years. And the reason for that, you know and I know why, is because there's a lot of construction around Pongal with the beginnings of the the Pongal Digital District. And I literally saw the long-tailed macaques. I mean, you talk about metaphor. I literally saw them on the tops of the fences where the construction for the Pongal Digital District is beginning. You know, in other words, they're being pushed out. So the question to you, and it is an awkward one, but how do we manage that very fragile... Uh, balancing Act between economic growth and environmental conservation?
2: And so that's what I've been pushing for in Parliament, that we have uh, reviewed our EIA uh, assessment framework, uh, that we've, we make sure that people follow the recommendations of the EIA so then we can find that balance between uh, development and sustainability. Also in the new Wildlife Act, we've put in a, a section where the, the government or the NPAC's Director General can now make sure that EIA recommendations are enforced. And if you remember, I I raised it in Parliament previously where if there are recommendations and the developer doesn't follow, what happens? And the reply was, actually, there are no penalties. So right now, with the the amendments that I've brought in, there will be penalties. And hopefully then we can find again that, that middle ground where we can develop sustainably. Wonderful,
1: Lewis. Uh, you know the EIA, notwithstanding, and of course that needs to go forward and and be, uh, you know, become a, a stronger law as strong as it can be. But as you look at the impact over the past couple of months. Of, of the circuit breaker, of people in general staying home now. You know, around the world, and including Singapore, we're starting to see more wildlife come back, more mm. wildlife return, you know, sometimes in, in places where they perhaps uh, might be in conflict with humans. But but just in general, we're seeing, you know, the water looks a bit clearer and cleaner. Yep. Uh, the animals are coming back. Do you think that as a result of, of this three or four months now and going forward probably another year, that we will have a different, as a society, we will have a different view or appreciation for our natural heritage that maybe we haven't had in recent years?
2: Um, Yes, we're going to have to balance that. I think, you know, during the the early stages of the pandemic that we told everyone to stay at home, uh, we closed the shopping mall. Mm. Uh, It turned out everybody then flooded into our nature reserves. Mm. which became a problem, which uh, there were just too many. So again, the the key word now is to be sustainable. And then we need to make sure that people uh, appreciate nature, but remember to respect it from a
0: distance. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. And also on the point of COVID-19, a wonderful initiative that I want to uh, flag up of what you did in your Nissan GRC. You know, there's been a lot of talk recently, obviously, about migrant workers. And your Nissan GRC, if I remember correctly, Lewis, you was one of the first to initiate this wonderful program where you put up photographs and short biographies on all your migrant workers around your estate, if I'm correct, whether it's the cleaners, the gardeners and so on, saying, hey, these guys have a name, they have a face, they have a background, they have a history, they have a family. And you really encouraged relationships between residents and the migrant workers, which I thought was wonderful. Why was that important to you? And why do you think that's more important than ever now? More important
2: than ever now, because I think we need to humanise them. A lot of people just view uh, those are just cleaners. Mm. They're doing a job that we don't want to do. And I think I wanted to change that mindset with uh, residents in Easton to show that like us, actually, they have a family. They have children. Uh, they've left their homes to come and clean hours. Um, I've updated that with a photo of them and me as well, uh, so that it shows again that we are one issue family. And I think it's important we bring them out every quarter as well, uh, so that they get a chance to see Singapore. I remember we brought them bowling, where all of them haven't been bowling in their lives, <laughs> and they, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's always a nice thing when you bring them out. They're always on their phone facetimeing because they're showing not just uh, we're not just showing them their Singapore, but they actually are videoing and showing your families what Singapore is like. And that, for me, was very touching.
0: No, it was wonderful. It was truly wonderful. And look, I have to say this. I'm probably going to embarrass you, and I think I've told you this before, but I remember vividly when you had first started Acres. Good, that's what I got going
2: to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and you had
0: your van. you have been saving up for this van, and you got your first Acres van, and I was with my wife, and I saw you in the street in your van. I, I think my memory tells me it was Bishan, but I could be wrong. And I, okay. I, ran up to the van and I tapped on the window and I just gave you this huge thumbs up as if to say it's great what you're doing, well done, keep it going. You gave me the thumbs up and then you got rid of the weird hungar and you <laughs> drove and you, <laughs> and you sensibly drove away. <laughs> My question is, from those very humble beginnings to where you are now, it's been a, a fantastic journey, Lewis. And I know you are a very humble guy, but what has been your proudest achievement? I know it's just the beginning, but what has been your proudest achievement so far? (laughs) Would it be the Wildlife Act?
2: Well, it's going to be hard to name one. The Wildlife Act was one. I mean, it it took me more than two decades to get the amendments passed. But just one thing, I think what we've done is we've shown that nothing is impossible in Singapore. That if you put your heart and soul into it, your dreams can become a reality. Sounds very cliche, but I mean, that's what I set out to prove that yeah, I'm you, only one, but I can, I can make that big difference here in Singapore.
1: You have made a huge difference indeed, uh, Louis, and we, we certainly hope that there's much more to come. Our thanks to uh, Louis Ng, Member of Parliament for Ni Soon GRC. We really appreciate you taking time to come on today and, and wish you all the best with the ongoing efforts to uh, protect our wildlife
0: in Singapore. Thank you so much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg